Welcome back to Two and a Half Athletes Podcast. I'm Tony. I'll be hosting it tonight. Welcome with two of our other co-hosts, Sonny and David. Rick is out. Um, pretty sure he went for a run and then it got dark and he got lost. That's the last time I talked to him. And that was about an hour or so ago. Maybe he found uh, an ice cream stand down in South Philly that he hit up because the weather was a little nice out today. But other than that, we got Hunter filling in for Rick. Hunter, how's it going, bud? Yep, good to be back. Third time. Reoccurring guest. Third time's a charm. You are number one reoccurring guest right now in terms of appearances. So we'll have to keep that up before Megs catches up to you here. But What an honor. <laughs> we did want to have you back tonight to talk some NBA because we alluded to in couple podcasts that you're on. Uh, you're a fellow Denver Nuggets fan as well as myself. Um, how do you think the season's going? Give me give me your standpoint of what the Nuggets are this season so far. Uh, kind of a little worse than what I expected, but once MPJ went out for the season, then that kind of, you know, was a detriment to the team. I didn't expect a whole lot until Murray came back anyway, but I, I see this as being like a 6-10 to 10 seed anywhere in there, maybe fighting for that last little playoff spot. I don't really have high expectations this year anymore. Jokic is going to be unreal. Hopefully he can stay healthy, but I think we just start building for next year and the year after that. I think the next two years are really important for us. I agree, and I, I think the way their roster is, they're set up for years beyond this, not even just next year, but years beyond. I've been saying to you guys, I wanted their core four being Jokic, Murray, Gordon and MPJ locked up for the next four years and then see what we can do from there. But yeah, my hopes are just avoid the playing game, get a six seed and get some more playoff experience at this point. We'll see. We'll see what they do when, when Murray comes back, but going into some more NBA talk, we'll get into the more of the nuggets as we keep going here. Um, one of the ideas I, I saw just by me listening to some other sports podcasts out there are you're with the holiday season here, your wish list of a player you would like to get traded and a team you want to see make a big move. So Dave, let's start with you. You've been, you've been pretty quiet so far. Give me your player that you want to see traded. Ben Simmons, obviously. Um, or do you, do you, do you want a more realistic one? Yeah. <laughs> if Ben Simmons at the top <laughs> because, of your wish list this holiday season, that's fine. Yeah. He's absolutely, I think he's on everyone's wish list. Um, considering he's giving everyone in the city agenda. So, um, yeah, he's definitely on the top of my wish list. And I don't personally care wherever he goes as long as it's out of here, which is a big step for me in my life just because everyone knows I used to be a Ben Simmons fan, like, big time. Now I'm just over him and when I'm gone. Do you – like, what are your realistic expectations for a return package for him? Um, I always thought CJ was, like, the perfect comp. And I always thought, like – Somehow, some way, that's what was going to get done. But obviously, with the collapse long, that doesn't help. So I'm at this point, I, I'm I'm not sure. I always thought like Colin Sexton, um, maybe a draft pick, uh, CJ McCollum and uh, Rocco, but I don't know. And I know, and I know Maury doesn't think anyone for the Kings, um, you know, anyone on the Cavs right now. Obviously, Jeremy Grant, like that's not anything he's going to go for as well. So. Honestly, there there isn't too much in line with with their expectations and I guess my expectations right now, but just because they need more of a you know bigger shooting guard slash small forward, and I don't I don't think there's anyone out there. Yeah, it's tough. So like, no one. A lot of these uh, a lot of the names that have been rumored to Philly, I just don't see being good fits, with the exception of. Maybe Dame or CJ, but I don't really know a realistic package to get either. Um, actually, Jalen Brown would be a good fit. He's been rumored a few times, but I don't see either team really pulling the trigger on moving their superstars out of town. Uh, I, mean, but- I never understood why the CJ thing, why that didn't get more traction. Like, he's a good player. Like, just look at this play. I mean, we've talked about it actually on here before, but his playoff numbers are good. His shooting numbers are good. He's a good ball handler. He can create his own shot, especially late in games like I don't know. There's just something around the league. I guess maybe it's just the stigma of Dame and he gets all the credit, but he, he's a pretty solid player and he can put up points. I think he would have been a good fit, but I don't know with this collapse long, that how, how much that's going to hold him back or anything. So uh, Ben would definitely be my number one. That would be your number one. What about you, Sonny? Russell Westbrook, 100%. Is that uh, because you're rooting for the Lakers or just because you no, want to see him go somewhere else not. and I... disrupt the franchise? 
No, I I just think that LeBron made a LeBron kind of made like a a terrible team, and he's Russell's a big part of it. I mean, triple doubles as Steve Van Gundy even just came out and said, although I think he was taking shots directly at him. Um, triple doubles don't mean you played well, and um, I don't know. He's just consistently he's consistently doing bad things. Wait, Sonny, sorry. What broadcast is Steve Van Gundy on? Because I'll have to start listening to that because it seems like he's got some some pretty good analysis. Yeah, is that the coach, Steve Van Gundy, or is that the – Stan Van Gundy. I, I must have went off there. Yeah, Stan Van Gundy. I'm sorry. Um, either way, that was stated. Um, it wasn't stated that it was directly at Russell, but it had to have been. And uh, I, guess, I guess on a more serious note, although I do think he should be gone, probably Dame. I would like to see Dame gone. Hold on. Why? I would just like to see how we perform in another organization. I don't know. Nothing like serious. What, what would be your dream team to, to see him on? Sixers. God. All right. I, I wouldn't be able to – I might have to move out of Philly if Dame gets traded here. And I'd be with you. It'd be me, you, Liz, and, and the floppy fish that you guys have. <laughs> <probably>. <laughs> I got to charge that thing up. My, my dog's been missing that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't. I wouldn't be able to handle Philly media if Dame was here. I, I could barely handle him now, and he's literally on the opposite end of the country. I really think he would be. He would become disliked quick because as soon as he wouldn't perform, because the expectations would be so high, um, and he obviously can't. He doesn't handle the media well at all. Like I feel like he would be after probably a year. They would probably give him the grace period for him. Say if they traded for him in season, which isn't going to happen. They would probably give him until they would give him a grace period this rest of the year and probably the playoffs, but all of next year, including the playoffs, once he didn't get out of the first round, it would be mayhem. Could you imagine Sixers fans when Dame's one of eight from three and he's pulling up from half court in the middle of a playoff game? Sixers fans <laughs> be losing their shit. Losing their shit. And like Dame is such a bad defensive player that people don't realize only because he bangs. 35-foot game winners, and that's all it's about to him. Like he said this week in the media, and we've talked about this, his goal isn't a championship. He doesn't want to be held to that expectations, which I think is like the ultimate cop-out, like be more of a bitch. Like just because you're not winning doesn't mean you're not focused on that. Why else are you playing the basketball game? Well, actually, yeah, we do know why he's playing. He wants to be the highest-paid player of all time. But regardless, you guys can tell he gets under my skin. Do you, Hunter, do you want to comment, though, real quick on just what Sonny said? about Russell Westbrook? I don't know. It, Russell Westbrook's a irrelevant piece to every team now, I feel like. Um, I think Russell Westbrook and Ben Simmons are kind of very similar. I actually got an argument with Megs and Kieran about that, that I thought Russ was basically on the same playing field as as Simmons, and this was before the year, and, and all the leverage has been erased from Simmons' side, but <laughs> that team wasn't going to work. They're like average age is 35 years old. I don't think it's Russell. I don't think it's AD. Um, I don't think it's LeBron. I think it's kind of just a collection of everybody. LeBron is playing lights out. He's unreal. But that team stinks and can't figure it out. But all it really takes is one run. I wouldn't want to play them in the playoffs. They Absolutely not. Star power. And you win with that. I don't think you ever want to see LeBron in the playoffs, but I, I just don't no. know what they have to mix that roster up. I don't know what they have to offer. They have a 26 and a 20-29 first-round pick. But other than that, they don't have anything because of the – all the picks they gave away to get AD. They're kind of, it's weird because they're kind of reliant on AD to be the shooter of the group of their big three. And he's not that good of a shooter. Right. And he's obviously doing terrible this year. But I mean, him and Melo were supposed to be the jump shooters of that group. And then LeBron and Westbrook kind of distribute and run point and, you know, triple double machines. But it is not working for them right now. Maybe when AD comes back healthy, they'll, they'll figure out, figure it out, hit their stride. But, I think it'll look different by the trade deadline anyway. I feel like Russ was supposed to be like a hyperactive um, piece for them, you know, and he would also help give LeBron and 80 nights off. And that just hasn't been the case so far. And I think they're starting to realize they lack depth because they legit have four real contracts on their team right now, uh, Horton Tucker, and then obviously their so-called big three. So um, I just don't think it, it's gone out as, as planned. So like, I, I don't blame Russ at all, but. Uh, it's, I think the, them not having any sort of fit was pretty obvious, and it's starting to show right now. Hunt, who would you want to trade? 
player I'd like to see traded, probably De'Aaron Fox was on my list. I just think the Kings are going to ruin his career. Uh, I don't really trust that front office, and I think he's a really good player, and he's probably going to start regressing here shortly. And they have some good young talent, and I actually didn't think Walton was a bad coach. <clears throat> but they obviously got rid of him right in the middle of it. I don't know where I'd like to see him go. I'd love to see him come East Coast so I could watch him play a little bit more. It's hard to want to watch the Sacramento Kings play anybody you know, at a 10, you know, 10 p.m. at night. And not only that, like they don't get national broadcast games because they're not very good teams. So the only times you get them is like on League Pass, maybe once or twice a month. Right. The only, the only times I see him is when the Nuggets are playing them for the most part. Um, but I've always liked him. I liked him coming out of college, and I thought that he would be one of those super max players. I don't know if he will be or not. He'll be a max player, but maybe not the super max. I think I he think already, yeah, he, he, already it, right? he already is a max. Yeah, he got his max. And it is for him, it's it's more incentive-based because he hasn't made that all-NBA team or all-star team yet. So his contract, yeah. and it's a, it's a max base, but then it could get higher. I well, that was one of the guys that I went over the summer, and it just seemed like impossible that they were going to give him up, which I I understand why. But um, you know, it's getting to a point where they probably just need to either pick him or or the other dude, Halliburton, or just I don't know, go another direction because it clearly isn't working. But his his numbers are down this year, like pretty significantly. Hunt he's had a, a rough start to the season, so I don't know what that's about. My player who I want to see get traded is Sabonis for the Pacers. And it came out a couple of weeks ago that the Pacers are kind of looking ready to rebuild now. So he's likely to get traded. I'm just curious what his value would be. I th- I would think like a, a young player and a, a first round pick or maybe a, a late first and a second round pick could get him. His contract's not that bad. So that's probably going to be even harder to get him. He is a, he is an all-star and I think he's a great player. I just don't know what, like if he's not working in Indiana next to like the defensive star as you say is what miles turner is and like the room protector he is i don't know where he would be good i would think somewhere where he could facilitate and get to like guards that could knock down some jumpers but i don't know he's he's definitely the player i want to see get traded because i do like watching the game yeah tony just real quick i fear where he goes because i think it might be i'm worried it would be like a boston boston boston's the first team that comes to my mind but yeah i don't know how they would get him Rather than getting or getting rid of Brown, I don't know how they would get him. I feel like it would probably have to be a three-team trade, um, but I fear like him or if it's going to be Boston or like uh, this probably isn't possible. But like the Nets, maybe this offseason, um, and he's just totally going to make uh, the Sixers' life miserable because he he plays really well against Embiid. All right, let's keep going into teams then. Did you have a team that specifically you want to see make a trade and maybe make a run for the uh, the top of the league here? Uh, I'll, I'll do one for the top of the league, but I'll tell you who I do want to see make a trade. And I should have used this instead of Ben Simmons. But I want to see Orlando trade Gary Harris to a contender. Oh God. Um, I love that. You know, I love we, Gary uh, Harris. Too. We're, we're big, we're big Gary Harris people here. Um, and I would love, I feel like he would be such a good piece, especially because he's having a, a pretty solid, pretty solid year. Uh, if he could be like a first guy or a second guy off the bench, like a lockdown defender, I would love to see him go to a contender as long as it's not like the Nets or something. That would that would break my heart. Um, but one team, honestly, I would like to see Cleveland go for it. Some some fresh new blood. Maybe uh get maybe not a trade, but like now that Ricky Rubio's out, like if uh Gordon Drogic like ends up getting bought out, like go get him to take over that Ricky Rubio like veteran role. Uh, ball handler that would be cool too as well um and also shout out kevin love he's having a, a really good bounce back year after absolutely destroying his reputation so good to see that for him he's has a career high this year in three point percentage i think uh free throw percentage as well he's like shooting 93 percent. so shout out him do you love remember that kevin love uh minnesota how dominant he was yes it was insane i was looking at his stats the other day he had like one season he had like 60 triple doubles double doubles Double doubles. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think at one point he had 45 or 47 straight. Yeah, he was he was dominant to watch. And like I was rooting for him hardcore, and then he got traded with LeBron, and I was like, ah, don't love him as much, but he's still very likable. That was his chubby days too. That was like in 2011, he averaged 26 and 13, and even the year before that, he averaged 22 and 15. So yeah, he was he was always fun to root for. I, I hope he does go to contender. So I mean. Does he even have to go to contender? Is, is do you think Cleveland is a contender themselves? No. So, oh yeah, and and that's the thing that 
if he was going to become a viable piece, they told him they were going to keep him around. Like they weren't just going to ship him off. So, and I was telling you guys the story. So they were talking about this on the broadcast last night that um, he went to Cleveland for the year. And obviously they went out, they got Jared Allen, they got Mobley. So he was starting to get put on the back burner. And I think he was, he was pretty motivated. Obviously he's still getting paid, but like he wasn't going to play much. So I think he was starting to realize his time there, he might be stuck there kind of like a John Wall situation. So they sat down before the season. They told him that obviously they're they're going a different direction with their big men. And, uh, you know, he's going to be starting to be a, a permanent bench player now. And he said, that's fine. But <clears throat> as long as he earns his minutes, he wants to be playing. And they made an agreement that they won't John Wall and just totally sit him and kind of put him on their back burner. So even though he's making like 30 mil a year, so I wouldn't mind sitting the bench for 30 mil a year. No, and he is playing like right now 20, 22 minutes a game, which for his age is pretty good. And yeah, like you said, he is he's shooting the lights out. He's shooting 43% from three and still grabbing eight boards. So he's doing his part there. Um, how about you, Hunter and Sonny? What about one team you think or you want to see make a trade? Yeah, so I was actually with Dave. I had the Cavs written down. I think they're kind of that team. I don't think they can make a real push, but they've been fun to watch and fun to follow. But I would go ahead and say I want the Nuggets to make a trade as well. I don't think that it's to get better for this year. Like I said, I want them to make a trade to get better for the next two years and to possibly get rid of Barton and Bol Bol. I am sick of Bol Bol. He's a circus freak, and the fans who don't really watch the games just sit around and shout and scream anytime he steps on the court. He's a 7-1 giant, but he all he can do is pull up. Um, and then Barton, I'd be – Happy to get rid of him. I know he's probably the second best player on the team this year, but I'd be happy to, you know, maybe split him into two better pieces, a um, little younger. Sad that I would say, like, go get a Gary Harris and another player like that. But, you know, somebody who can bring a little bit more defense, a 3 and D type player, and then another young player for him if they could get two. Um, Barton's going to be – would be really good on a team like the Lakers or a team that's going to compete and need some shooting and some scoring and some iso ball. But yeah, that Nuggets would probably be mine. But I, I would have picked Cavs first. I'd love to see Markinen get moved around as well. I always liked him as a player. I think he's kind of just you know losing shine there. I agree with that. I was high on Markinen this offseason. Even when he didn't get the new contract in Chicago, I wanted Nuggets to get him. But then they they extended Aaron Gordon, so the money just wouldn't work out. But um, yeah, Barton. I think Barton's been pretty disappointing this year, and I love the Nuggets. But Barton has always been a piece where I would be interested in moving just to kind of what you said, to get some value back from him and his, uh, his ball handling and stuff could work for some other teams. I think, like you said, the Lakers, but I think it just takes away Jokic. And I think he should have the ball in every possession and Barton kind of playing his hero ball every now and then just doesn't work out. And his defense has kind of been underwhelming as well. I think they can get a, a younger guard that can defend the perimeter a little better, i.e. Gary Harris, like you said, but kind of sticking with the same theme as like surprising teams, like you said, the Cavs that are doing well, this seems not killing it, but like when all their guys play, they have been around 500, which hasn't been that many games, but I want to see OKC. Uh, I think SGA is like still like taking his game to a next level. Like he's averaging 22, five and six this year. Uh, Dort is a good three and D guy. Giddy's been awesome when he's played. And like I said, those three together. But I want to see them, like, package – they have, like, 14 first-round picks. So package some picks together and start making moves. I mean, you can't hold on to those picks forever. So, like, why not send a couple picks to um, Indiana and get some bonus? Why not throw two first-rounders and, like, like Terrence Mann or something and get – or Trey Mann and get some bonus or, like, something like that? I don't know. I'm curious to see, like, what SGA would do with even more talent around him. Yeah, I agree. They hit it big when they got him. So, like, how how long are they going to – obviously, last year, he was kind of had, like, a nagging injury, and they were trying to keep him out. Um, they, like, told Al Horford to just pack it up, like, half halfway through the year, and they are like, hey, buddy, just don't show up anywhere. Like, how long are you going to try and rebuild? Because they were trying to rebuild the Chris Paul year, but Chris Paul didn't let him. So, it's just like, right. you know, you got, you, you got a guy. Like, you got probably a, a star in the Clippers trade. It's like you don't need to extend this longer than need be. Right, right. And you might as well maximize his – I mean, they're going to end up paying him, but you might as well maximize his young growth progression here and his his window of, like, how he's becoming a superstar and surround him with even more talent to get even better. And 
I think, like I've been saying, I've been saying the, uh, to Rick when Jokic was younger, all I wanted them to do was just make the playoffs just to get experience. And then from there, just grow as a team, grow as some young talent in the league and see what you get from there. But yeah, I think that'd be, that'd be a good team to see make a move. Also, triple-double alert, uh, Russ recorded another one tonight. 16, 12 assists, 10 rebounds. So there you go, Sonny. Doesn't mean he played well. And, oh, did, while we're on topic of NBA, so I do I do have a, a pretty big bet in for full season. Um, New York Knicks over 42-and-a-half wins, which I thought was going to be, you know, how didn't everybody take this bet type of deal. But now looking down the stretch right now, I'm, I'm a little nervous for them to go over 500. You were celebrating after game one when they beat Boston on opening night. I vividly remember. Okay, but I'm, I'm talking about now, which I'm now bringing up. I mean, they are on a couple-game win streak, but still that doesn't – I mean, they are taking some bad losses here. So I would say, you know, that was a bet where I was walking in and I thought, come on now. Like, you might as well give me the money already, but I don't know. That's something I'm going to be uh, nervous about for a long time. Any other season-long bets you have then, Sonny? I do. I have a six-man – um, six man of the year being Tyler Hero, which is also another one where I thought you give me the money now. But um, I don't know. We have uh, who who's your who's your guy? Oh, we have Patty Mills in contention. Millsy. That's um, that's Hunter's guy so, originally. So um, yeah, I, I don't know. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of good people out there right now that are running for that, but I still think Hero's in a close race so far. So we'll see. But those are all my season longs. This year's weird. It's hard to tell who's a six man anymore. Everybody's been starting because the COVID lineups are so crazy. Like Patty Mills has been starting for however long. He I, like can at what point do you not get considered a six man? I don't know if that changes because of uh, like COVID and all that. So that is a good question. I don't I don't know if that's is that a factor? Like, is there a certain amount of starts that you get until you aren't considered one? I mean, they're not going to give LeBron six man of the year. <laughs> He's starting every game. <laughs> No, I think I do think um, Ingles started a good amount last year, and he was runner up. Or Jordan Clarkson, I can't remember which one it was. Ingles did. He started a good amount because uh, yeah, Bojan went down a little bit. Those awards always get fishy. But we do have a uh, surprise guest here for Ed's trivia. Ed, welcome back, bud. Yeah, it's sponsored by Big Tuna. You know, I'm just saying. You know, Maryland high school athletes are just cut. You know, covering everything today. We had a big win today at the Pinstripe Bowl, big win at Clemson, and we're going to get a big win tonight at Oklahoma. So, uh, just saying, three for three today on the parlay. So, but uh, the trivia question is can you name the five teams in the NFL that their team name is their state? So, like the Philadelphia Flyers would not count. That makes sense. So, it has to be the state they play in is the first name of their state. And then their team, like their mascot, and you got it for a bonus point. It's named after this. It's named their team's named after a state, not a city. Correct. There's only there's only five of them, and it's a bonus point. You got sixty seconds. Bonus point is, can you put in alphabetical order, which would help you out too? Okay, Arizona Cardinals, number one. Correct. Yes. Carolina. No. Yeah. Does that count? I have I have one, but it won't be in alphabetical order. Should I just say it? Yeah, blurt it, and we'll do it. Utah, Utah Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> no, NFL. Don't say that too loud, buddy. I thought you said – okay. Um, uh, Minnesota Vikings. That is correct. Number four. Does Washington Redskins count? Is that a state? It's a district. <laughs> it's not a state, so it does not count. Gotcha. Both New York teams. Yep. That is correct. Even though – I don't think they should be allowed in. They don't even play in New York, but that is true. So that's three. So you, you got one, two, and three, and four. Who's five? How much time do we have left? Ten seconds. I think it's got to be West Coast. Um, Las Vegas Raiders. No, that was stupid. Cut that. Time is up. Time's up, Bruce. Who'd you have for five? Five is Tennessee Titans. Oh, oh wow! Yep. Wait. So, what was the order? Alphabetical? As you said, bonus points. It goes Arizona, the New York Giants, the New York Jets, Minnesota Vikings, Tennessee Titans, and then the Utah Jazz. Yeah, the Utah Jazz is probably number one. Wait, who who was worse though? Utah Jazz or fucking? He did say Las Vegas. Okay, 
It's funny. It was NFL, and you went to the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> and I asked uh, Hunter, Sonny, and Dave the other day this trivia question, and I don't okay. know if they're serious with you because I want to see if you get it. Uh, okay. The Cowboys this year are the first team since 2007 to have a player with at least 10 interceptions and another player with at least 10 sacks. Can you name the player or can you name the team that did that last in 07? 07. Oh, man. Let's see. Can I ask who won the, su- who won the Super Bowl in 07? Does that help or is that the answer to the trivia question? I think it was the Giants the year uh, Patriots were undefeated. I think, oh, yeah, because 09, I didn't realize John Madden announced Super Bowl in 09. Oh, yeah, yeah, they won. It was the yeah, year with won. the Patriots and Giants. Yeah. In 07. Yeah. Uh, dude, I'm going to say the Steelers. That's and the I players say. being who? I would say Palomalu and uh, Harrison. That's a good guess. Um, who, who Dave, was it? I think I think that was your guess, but I don't yeah, think I, I had the Steelers too. I think they're I think they had different alignments of when they had the amount of interceptions, ten interceptions or ten sacks. But the answer was the Chargers with uh, Cromartie uh, and Merriman. Yeah, shit, I forgot about the Chargers back then. I also didn't realize uh, John Madden announced the 2009 Super Bowl. And that was his last um, game, right? Yeah, this is his last game, which. Pretty, I remember. I remember the, the watching the entire game. I don't. I couldn't remember who announced it. So, pretty wild. Hey Ed, can you can you name who was defensive player of the year in that year, two thousand seven? In two thousand seven? Yeah, I'll give you a hint. You used to love this team's quarterback. Oh, so it was. So it had to be the Colts. Yep. So it was. Uh, uh, oh, Bob Sanders. Bob Sanders. Yeah. Yep. Bob my guy, that was my guy, dude. You have to go back and look at that defense. It, oh man, don't bring up bad times. They're bad times in the McTaggart household. Bob Sanders literally played only two full seasons, and he was all pro. He was, he was all pro both years. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure he only played with one good shoulder too. Wait, yeah. did he? How old was he when he retired? He was 30, but he. I mean, but he. He here's his here's his games in the NFL. 6 14 4 15 6 2 1 2 and his last three or his last two he literally had no tackles he's also from Erie PA which is random as fuck is it though Erie mm, it's in the middle of nowhere well you know Pennsylvania one thing I learned about and I've worked with a lot of Pennsylvania guys from the time you enter into Pittsburgh like right from Ohio to Pennsylvania all the way to almost Harrisburg you, there's guys that there's a Hall of Famer from a, almost every exit in the NFL, which I never knew. Isn't that the isn't that what they call the Rust Belt up there or something like that? I don't know. Basically, from Pittsburgh to Harrisburg, you can every exit you pass, like town, you can name almost an every NFL Hall of Famer. And the two years, just real quick, the two years he was he actually played, he was two time Pro Bowler, two time All Pro and a defensive player of the year, and a Super Bowl champion in one of those years. So Bob Sanders literally might have had the best two-year run ever. Yeah. What was his net worth is the question. Because, like, imagine what they were paying him back in the day. Because he – they hopped him – he hopped on right at the right time. And then I don't think he ever got a big-time contract. His net worth is 14 mil. Think about that as a safety. I'd play two years in the NFL to be worth 14 mil. Sure. But the time that time, you got to think who the top safeties were. Paul Malu. You had uh, Ed Reed and then him. And if you go look up – and then who else? Uh, Dawkins. Yeah, and Daw- go look up Dawkins, Ed Reed, and, you know, Palomalo. Their net worth is over $50 million probably. Dawkins got that big contract in Denver. Yeah. But think about it. He has the same amount of defense player years as Palomalo. Yeah. Palomalo and more than Brian Dawkins. He was a stud. He was fun to watch. So, Ed, how about that Maryland game today? They look good. It was a big game today. It was a big, big day for the state of Maryland. A lot of, a lot of high school uh, locals showing out. The kid from Oklahoma today, Caleb Williams. He's from uh, Maryland. He's from Maryland. Went to uh, school in DC, Gonzaga. He was actually supposed to be on QB one if it wasn't for COVID. Um, kid is an absolute stud. I hope he stays. Did you fit him? Yeah, I fit him before Gonzaga. If you go look at it, they're right down by the Capitol. They're absolutely loaded. Kid needs to put a little bit more uh, muscle on, but I think he has the arm strength. Um, but we'll see if he stays now that Rattler's gone. Um, and then today at Maryland, you had a couple running backs from the local area from uh, McGee School, John Carroll going off. And then at Clemson today, you had the kid from Damascus. So 
pretty good day for the state of Maryland, you know, proven high school football just today. That's what they do. Crab cakes and football. Now that we have both Ed and Hunter on, um, both of them currently living in Baltimore. Can we get an update on the uh, squeegee boys? They go into hibernation a little bit. It's a little cold for them. They keep standing out of the corners right now. Squeegee boys are under attack right now. Uh, I think, I don't know if Connor saw it. There's a bill passed to kind of reduce them. And I think uh, police are a little heavier, but we'll see. It's getting cold out, like you said. Yeah, that bill that got passed, there was a local reporter that had a story on it, and we did reach out to them to get on the pod, but she did not answer. She, uh, <laughs> Based on the uh, comments that she has on the local news website, she's not friendly. So I wouldn't be expecting her on anytime soon. Oh, yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens when it gets warm out. Hopefully. Um, All right, Ed, I'm going to boot you off. Thanks for the trivia. Um, Hopefully have you on next week for trivia as well. Hey, thanks, guys. Yeah, appreciate it. Hey, take it easy, fellas. Thanks, Ed. Go Terps. Hey, go Terps. Later. Hey, big tuna all the way. All right, boys. Um, Yeah, that was a little surprise for you to get that on for trivia. But – Let's go right into our two favorite segments here. Uh, fraud list and crime of the week. Let's start with fraud. Greeny, what do you got, bud? All right. So I had a couple of them jumbling around. I'm actually going to throw two into one, and I'm going to put the both the Dolphins and the Eagles in my fraud list. Two teams that I think will probably make playoffs, but they will have almost zero quality wins between the two of them. I don't think the Eagles have a good win on their schedule so far. And even if they beat the Cowboys week 18, it won't matter because the Cowboys aren't going to be playing anybody for the most part. Uh, They're beating like the Jets and the Skins twice, the Panthers, the Broncos. Those are terrible teams. Yeah, they might have started all right, but they're awful teams. They're not going to have a good win. And then the Dolphins are seven in a row and they have what one good win. And that was when Lamar couldn't hold on to the ball. So I think that both those teams, you know, are going to make playoffs. Happy in that sense. You know, you should be proud of that every year that you can get in. You know, it gives yourself at least a little bit of a chance. But I think those two teams are going to get stomped out in playoffs pretty heavily once they see somebody from the top tier of of each one of their uh, conferences. So, yeah, Dolphins and Eagles would be mine. Well, the Dolphins have to play the Titans and Patriots last two weeks. So, if your theory holds true, then they won't get in. Patriots could be resting people week 18, so we'll see. But Dolphins would definitely be a good one. Let's hold out Dolphins talk because it will be brought up in a couple of minutes when Sonny does his crown of the week. So let's just hold <laughs> off for now. That's actually not true. And um, like Tony said, we're hoping hoping that the, the Patriots rest um, some uh, last week of the season. But even if they did, I think it's going to be an easy two-game win. And uh, Hunter, I mean, come on, dude. You guys get embarrassed on primetime games you guys are actually below average team. Like, I don't even see why the Eagles and Dolphins are being brought up. You don't pick who you play. The schedules are made. You win the games, you lose the games, whatever. Just if we make the playoffs, we make the playoffs. There's a huge difference between a very bad team and a fraud team. The fraud teams are the ones that fight for playoffs. The skins are terrible, brother. (laughs) They're just bad. It's not like you can't be a fraud if you were just like came into the season already shitty. You guys are like building up and you're going to make it to the playoffs or possibly make it to the playoffs. And then you're going to get blown out on national television. And Sonny, you sent the today uh, standings. Who would the Dolphins be, be playing today if playoffs are today? It's not the Bills. The Bills are playing the Colts. Oh, it's Tennessee, isn't it? The Titans. Yeah. Yeah. But my, my, my issue is if – Going into this week, I still haven't heard anything about Henry coming back. I know, I know, it's like a the timeline is all over. They'll have him for the playoffs. They'll rest him till the playoffs. Whatever it is, I'm not sure. But if he doesn't miraculously surprise play this week, which not going to happen, but um, I think the Dolphins will be fine, and then Patriots will be fine. And if we were to see the Titans in the first round of the playoffs, I think we can easily win by four game four. I think we'll win by four for the 28-24. Breeze past the first round. Sonny, who's your? We'll go right back to you here. Who's your fraud of the week? Uh, EWR. That's uh, Newark National Airport. Um, they are god awful. I uh, just flew back from there on Monday and a little, you know, a little Christmas staycation back in back in uh, the East Coast. And uh, flights to Philadelphia were fifteen hundred dollars more than EWR, and I could see why. It's a it's a the same way you guys explain Walmart as a zoo. This place is 10 times worse. It, it was just mobbed. 
uh, security lines were downstairs, but the escalators, like they had to shut them off. And then the lines gradually went up the escalator. It was just, a, it was a madhouse. Um, so they, they got to be my fraud of the week. And then on top of that, the, uh, my American airlines app didn't work. So I had to manually print a boarding pass. Like it was the sixties. So it was just a, a terrible experience overall. If you manually print, you should be able to, uh, have one cigarette on the plane. I think. It, no. Oh my God. A hundred percent. And like I explained to you guys over text, if I was president, first thing people of this country would be able to do is light a bogue on a plane. If that was the case, you'd be buying everyone's paper ticket. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they can hold my, uh, my fraud of the week. That airport is an absolute madhouse. What time of the day did you fly? 5 p.m. Were there a lot of jazzies? <laughs> there probably were a lot of jazzies. I flew out of there twice, but both were at like 6 a.m. and it was fine. Yeah, no, just not a good experience flying in there. Don't recommend it. <laughs> Noted. Dave, we got who's there fraud list? My, uh, my fraud would be anyone that looked Sonny Davis in the eyes uh, after 5 p.m. on Sunday night. So Sonny was back for the holidays and, you know, he was here on Sunday, flew back Monday, as you just mentioned, and we did our our usual round on Sunday, we went to Patty Wax, um, went to go see our old bartender bones, you know, a couple people came down. Rick actually came down. I think he, there's a good chance he still might be hung over from, from Sunday. So that's probably why he couldn't join tonight or that, or he had some bad Campbell soup, expired Campbell soup or something. But so we left Patty Wax around five 30 or so and went to a local bar by me, uh, met out with a few people, uh, a few friends. It's something he hasn't seen in a while. And, um, one person explained, probably around like seven o'clock Sonny was I guess pretty intoxicated that he was making rounds at the bar and trying to fight anyone that would look in his direction <laughs> and he, he actually got someone's attention at some point and told him to meet him outside and the guy was like dude you can't even stand so then after that altercation kind of diffused a little bit he went to the bartender who just watched him tried to pick a fight with this guy and asked for two tequila shots and immediately got shut down um and asked to leave the bar and also tried fighting my roommate like twice. So as he was sleeping on his couch that night. So just a fraud for anyone who, who had had the nerve to look sunny in the eyes that night. No comment. Looks like your buddies loved having you home, Sonny. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I bring the energy. I, br I bring the energy. It was just one of those nights where um, the liquor took over. And uh, I think it was, the, I think it was the night, the, the cold weather at night. It just got, I haven't felt it in a while. It just brought out something that I wasn't used to. Yeah. Got some ice in your veins a little bit, a little bit of pep yeah. in your step. Yeah. Did you get a uh, Ishka Bibbles? I did. I did. Shout oh, out. Oh, Tony, Bibbles. you'll be able. So he he got an Ishka Bibbles. We were sitting at the bar at Paddywax. No one was there. They obviously served food. He got an Ishka Bibbles cheesesteak and brought it to the bar and ate it there. I asked if they cared. Isn't that a violation? That's a violation for sure. If they're selling food there, that's a violation. I was like, you can't. He, he couldn't grasp the concept of you know, bringing how disrespectful it is bringing food into another restaurant. So for everybody that doesn't know, Patty Wax is our local bar in Philly where we spent days and days, hours and hours, minutes and minutes. And we became friends with these bartenders and um, someone I looked to as a, as a good guy, I asked him, Bones, do you care? Who was the bartender, by the way, if I brought food in here, you know, haven't been home in a while. I really want a cheese day. Sonny, go for it. Also, number two for that, to, to point out my case in this, um, my bar tab was also 200 bucks. So I don't think me not ordering food there, that kind of went, that kind of did it right there. So Yeah, and your tip was probably $5. So he, he made out like a real bandit. Next time you go to the bar, you might as well bring your cooler and your own six-pack too. <laughs> that's that's going to be Sonny gradually making his way into doing that. Dirty wreck on me, boys. Let's go. <laughs> Asking the bartender to keep it on ice. Don't give him any ideas. All right. Well, going with that same here, that same theme here. My fraud list is also on this podcast tonight, and it's going to be Hunter. Um, Hunter, known caffeine hater. I just got a Nespresso machine, and Nespresso is the brand. And it makes espresso um, for Christmas, and it is literally the the best human invention I've ever witnessed in my life. I've been making two, three, four cups of espresso a day and just living off that and just, just like walking around with espresso. I feel like I feel like I'm on Wall Street just working the, the stocks and how much caffeine I've had in my life this last two weeks here. But um, yeah, you're my fraud list because you can't handle caffeine nor could your body. 
if I tried one of those Nespresso's, you'd be wheeling me out in a damn gurney, taking me to Thomas Jefferson down in the city. I would be crippled from that. Makes my skin crawl. I can literally feel the hair on my arm growing. It's tunnel vision, all of it. So whatever drugs you guys need to get up in the morning is insane in my eyes. Like drink some water, have some natural energy. I don't know what to tell you guys. It's a complete crutch, but that's on you. And if you guys enjoy it, go for it. Everybody has their vices, right, Sonny? Hunter, your your spinter couldn't probably handle it either. So that's probably why you, you stay away from it. Well, yeah, I have enough issues like a damn chicken in one end out the other. Yeah, Tony makes it. That's that's actually awesome. How many how many cups do you think you a day? Even I guess before and after, like actual cups of coffee, do you think you have? So before I I've always had like one and three quarters. I say that because I always start the morning with one when I get to work or if I'm working from home. And then I always make a second, but I don't finish it. I just don't know why. I just, by the time it gets like cold and it's like 1030, I just don't finish it. But because the espressos are smaller, there's smaller portions. So it's right in front of me. So I've probably had like three to four a day, but I'm still getting used to it because they come in, it comes like a cure, like different pod sizes, but the pods make anywhere from a cup of espresso to like a large cup of coffee. And it just depends on which pod it is. So I can't, at the first like two days, I couldn't figure out like, how to work the machine because it's so futuristic and crazy, but it's been a good gift so far. So on average, Dave, to answer your question, probably three to four cups a day. Nice. I just got a, I just got a coffee subscription, monthly coffee subscription through Atlas. I'm a big coffee guy too. So I'll keep you guys in the loop where I'm getting it from uh, each month. Keep you guys up to date. Dave, who's your, let's switch gears now. Who's your crown of the week? My crown of the week is probably going to have to be simple math just because, you know, the older we get, we, I think we, we forget how, how hard math can be sometimes. And um, just for an example, we were, we were talking about sports betting, <laughs> sports betting over the weekend. And uh, one of my friends, he's, he bet one fit or he bet a hundred dollars on odds that were plus plus one fifty, And he couldn't comprehend that your total return, your actual total return, not your net profit. What would it be? One fifty. What would you receive back? No, 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 not your profit. What would you receive in total if you front a hundred dollars on a plus one fifty spread? What would your to- what would your total collecting be? Not how much you net profit. Oh, two fifty. Two fifty. Yeah. So it's just a reminder that math can be you know quite complicated sometimes. It can make our brains think. And uh, yeah, so math is uh, wearing my crown of the week. I didn't even want to answer that question. I was like confused, even though I knew the answer. I was scared to answer. I was scared to answer that out loud. Simple math. Simple math. Sonny, any comment? Oh. Yeah. What you, was that about Sonny? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why he's he's quiet. No comment. <laughs> no comment, Sonny. <laughs> Sonny, who's wearing the crown for you? Well, I, I, I wasn't going to say this, but um, nah, let me switch it up. Um, crown of the week. I don't know. Let's go to Hunter before I'm too uh, predictable on this one. Okay. Um, I'll go. Thanks for calling it over, Sonny. <laughs> well, last time, thanks for pausing, Hunter, because last time he passed it to you, he actually said, here, I'll let Hunter go, and then just continued the talk, so. And then did his full thing, yeah. Um, so my, my, my crown of the week this week is Santa. So Santa Claus, Saint Nick, that son of a bitch, he did it again. Let me rattle off some stats for you so we can be impressed by the feat that he does every year. Just in the United States alone, there's 139 million homes with an average of 2.53 people in each one of those homes. And there is a total of 3.79 million miles squared in the United States alone. He is hitting one point or 139 million homes in one night and just spreading joy and joy and joy to every house and he's really bringing it every year and we needed him this year as much as we did last year because COVID's been crazy and we're in an economic crisis all that but he still comes and he drops down your chimney eats a little cookie gets a little milk leaves you some presents on his way out the door onto the next house so all of us here on this panel can certainly thank him for a little extra joy so I thought I'd bring him up put him on my crown and really represent Santa Claus here you think he's you think he's vaxxed that's a personal choice. I don't think we should talk about it on air. I don't think we should assume his vaccination status, but yeah, Santa's Santa's the man. Um, 
and I was telling Rick this the other day, my dad plays Santa for like my kids in my neighborhood. So when I go home and celebrate our Christmas with my family, my dad puts the costume on, gets his beard out and goes door to door and hands out like little, like usually chocolate covered pretzels, something small like that. And all the neighbors give my dad a case of beer. So my dad walks from my house to the neighbor's house. I can, there's like six neighbors on the street here back and forth six times with just cases of Miller lights. So <laughs> if you're like a local pedestrian, just like walking up and down my street or driving by my street, you'll see Santa just walking up and down the street with a case of Miller light seven times in one night, which is <laughs> always funny to see, but Santa's back. I love that. Sonny, you ready for yours? Yeah. Um, I think, I think just to go back on all my fraud of the week, I think my crown is going to be having clear. And for everybody listening that doesn't know it's, it's like its own alternative to skipping a security line. It's like, I guess it would be like a step below TSA pre-check. Um, you have your separate line. There's normally less than 10 people in it. So you, you don't wait in the standard line and it's only $150 a year. So that saved me in that zoo that I was stuck in on Monday. So I, I, I would give that my crown of the week. And if anybody hasn't heard of it and they fly off, then I suggest grabbing it. It's always been something I want to get. I just never pulled the trigger. I always forget about it until I get to the airport. And fun fact, the only reason I have it is because I was less than 10 minutes away from uh, missing my flight. So um, I saw people using it. I didn't know what it was. I ran up to them. I said, dude, I have 10 minutes to my flight. They said, give me 150 bucks. I signed up. So that is the reason I have it now. And that was actually in Seattle. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of glad that happened that day. That is, I, I'll be flying here in uh two months here so i'm gonna i'm definitely gonna get clear before we take off from philly then because airports have been an absolute nightmare like you said ewr has been a nightmare but even philly airport or i've been down in uh orlando that's been a nightmare as well last year year and a half here but transitioning into my crown of the week here i got two uh one is the like delivery services like grubhub and doordash and shit like that these goddamn fees they're making a living off these goddamn fees between tax, service, delivery, everything like that. It's almost double your meal. Like I, I was ordering two burritos from Chipotle, which if you can go over there and pick that up, it would probably be what, $22, $23 for both. It was $52 for two burritos and a bag of chips. So then I said, like, I'm not doing this. And then it gets half hour later, 45 minutes later, hour later. And then you realize like, all right, well, well, this was when I was under... Uh, lockdown here. I'm not getting food anywhere else. So I got to order this and just spend $50 and get nothing. So I signed up for DoorDash, Dash Pass, and they still scam you just as much. So, I mean, they're making a living. So they're wearing my crown. But number two here, and you guys know this hits home here, is my buddy Isaiah Thomas. He's wearing the crown for me solely based off his uh, nicknames here, our basketball reference. His nicknames are King in the Fourth and Pizza Guy. So Isaiah Thomas, no matter what he does, I mean, he hasn't been relevant in the NBA in five years and he just stays on top of the media headlines. So I, I feel like he's just paying ESPN, Bleacher Report, all these sites to just talk about him. Um, news blew up today that he signed with the Mavericks. They forget to report that it's only a 10 day. So in 10 days, he's going to be cut again. We're going to be here about it again. Someone's going to pick him up and it's just a, a vicious circle of Isaiah Thomas until, until I die or until he dies. We're going to be hearing about him. So... Isaiah Thomas wearing the crown for me. Tony, can you can you just explain to everybody listening what would happen if he just, if, hypothetically speaking, if if he just became a starter for you guys? Starter for the Nuggets? Yes. In how many games? Like, is he a 10-day contract type guy or a rest of the season type guy? He's a 10-day type contract, wins over the whole city. Yeah. Starts, and then starts a playoff series for you guys. Uh, then we're giving up an NBA record in points per game. The, the opposing team would score 175 points against us if he's starting for us. I mean, you saw in his recent stint here with the Lakers, they were not good with him. And he, his sole game as a starter, he was one of 15s. And he literally shot them out of the game against Phoenix. But he continues to get uh, traction in the NBA. He just keeps on uh, posting his offseason workout videos, playing against janitors at the YMCA, going putting 75 points up against Mr. and Mrs. Robinson's. But, yeah, he just keeps on getting his contracts. Marathon continues, Tony. It's going to be – it's it's going to happen when he gets signed by the Nuggets because the Nuggets are probably – they're just not on the good side of health. 
right now, and they just keep on losing guards week by week. So it's going to be him or some other journeyman vet that comes along and gets signed. So I don't know. Hopefully it's on him. Uh, do you guys have anything else here to add? Oh, wait, I actually do have something to add. I know we didn't. I know we didn't speak on um, the NFL here, but I do just want to say um, Cam Newton has done it again. His loss is starting job and the almighty Sam Darney is coming back. So um, I just want everybody listening to to watch out for him this weekend to see what he can do to finish out this season. Uh, and I do just want to remind everyone, big bet between uh, me and Sonny have the over at 44 uh, coming up this Friday in the Michigan and Georgia game as Tony has the under betting some Chick-fil-A Sambos. I almost forgot about that. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, of course you forgot about that. Well, I need to, well, I need to spot you. Don't say that stuff on air. Hon, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for joining us again. Hopefully here, Nuggets turn it around. And, I mean, you watched the game with me last night. I mean, not with me, but on the other side of the TV with me last night. Against the Warriors, and Nuggets were up 24 in the first half. And I texted you as I do not feel good about this. And <laughs> within a 20-minute span, they blew a 24-point lead. So. Hopefully things turn around in Denver and uh, we get some happy basketball soon here. I would love to see that stat. That's the last two or three years just to see who's blown the biggest, you know, the most 10, 12, 20 point leads in the league. Nuggets have to be competing for the number one spot on that. They blow leads like nobody's business. It's it's insane. Can I make a bold Nuggets prediction? Sure. They're going to finish in the top four in the West. I can see it because I can see Memphis dropping out a little bit. Yeah, I think they're going to finish four, but. And hopefully they can kind of hit the ground running when Murray comes back. So I think people keep forgetting that, you know, this won't be the roster <clears throat> for much longer. I know I'm pretty sure MPJ is probably out for the rest of the year, I think. He's out for the year, but reinforcements are supposed to be coming. They, they've been without Monte and Aaron Gordon the last couple of games. They should be back within the next week. Uh, PJ Dozier is also rehabbing. He should be back within the next two to three weeks and then, Hopefully Murray and the word is in February for Murray. So yeah, we'll see if they could stay around 500 until they get him and then make a little run. Right. And just remember Murray got hurt last year and they had like the greatest stretch of their season after he got hurt. So um, they're definitely second half team. That's all right. So yeah, we'll see, but thank you everybody for listening. We'll be back next week, touching baseball NFL. We'll have Rick back here and uh, we'll be discussing teams that have already clinched playoff positions and who we think won the uh, MVP or Defensive Player, Offensive Player of the Year award as the season's ending. Thank you, everybody.